Blog Talk Radio. To the people who thought I was gon' stop Y'all a part of the reason I ain't gon' stop Against the odds I went hard until I popped Came from the bottom and now I'm standing on top I had dreams and now they all coming true But the team and them things we gotta see Make a scene whenever I be coming through If you hate it, just know I'm sitting on you All right, well, that didn't go the way I planned it, but okay. Welcome to another episode here of Punch the Face Radio. I am your host, Brandon Stubbs. Uh, you could be anywhere in the world this evening, but you're here with me, and as always, I do appreciate that. Uh, tonight's show, man, we got three cards from all three of the major organizations in the May this week. Uh, we've got Bellator on Friday, World Series of Fighting on Saturday, and the UFC on Sunday. I'll preview all three of those cards and give a breakdown of my winners and what you should be watching for in those bouts uh, as well. We kind of have a hot mess now in the world's weight division uh, with some news that broke and some shifting of some fighters and some uh, fights that aren't happening, but now some new ones are. So I'll break that down and how that will affect a lot of fighters going forward um, in the UFC and as the year goes on because it, it, it just got a lot more interesting in a, in a really cool way in regards to that. Also, as well, the numbers are in, at least the preliminary numbers are in for UFC 182. I will give you those numbers and let you know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, We'll also talk here a little bit later in the show about one of the participants who's steadily making news, even though he's currently in somewhat hiding and seclusion, uh, John Jones. You know, it's just starting to become a broken record. Every week it's kind of something new with this. Waiting to see what it'll be next week. Uh, So I'll talk a little bit more about that and. um, an interview his mom did and, and give you some quotes from that because it's just awkward all the way around. But you know the drill, man. Give a call in here to the show at area code 718-508-9852. As well, tweet me throughout the show with punch underscore the number to the face. And as well, you can email me at brandon at punchtotheface.com. So uh, I do got a bit of breaking news, and I wanted to make sure I definitely uh, give props to the gentleman who broke the news uh, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you suck. Uh, follow Front Row Brian on Twitter. Uh, Front Row Brian uh, dropped a, a, a nugget here a little bit before the show uh, has started, and that is the fact that uh, Rafael Asensio will now meet Uriah Faber pending medical clearances. If he gets medically cleared because he was out with an injury, um, he, I want to say, broke his ankle or he did something with his ankle uh, here a couple of weeks ago. Maybe about a month ago, he hurt his ankle. Uh, from what I understand, it was a um, he broke his ankle in a pushing uh, back his fight. You know, he was possibly going to be the guy next in line. Uh, you know, it kind of all happened all at once. He ended up hurting. Uh, you know, TJ not TJ Dillashaw, excuse me, Dominic Cruz hurt himself, and then literally the same day later that day, Rafael Sencio, uh tweeted out that he had hurt his ankle um, and that he was going to uh, kind of have to be out of commission. But looks like. He is going to be back and able to fight here in March. So, again, courtesy of Front Row Brian on Twitter, again, at Front Row Brian, uh, you're going to have a fight uh, between Uriah Faber and Rafael Asensio at UFC Fight Night down in Brazil. Brazil. 
Brazil on uh, March 21st. So that fight is going down. So shout out uh, to Front Row Brian for dropping that knowledge and, and uh, giving that tip of the news here uh, to us here on social media. So uh, much, much respect and credit for him for dropping that. So that'll, that fight will go down in March. And so, you know, that kind of leads me off with this is, you know, with that news breaking that that's going to be a fight that you're going to see in March, that leads me to believe more and more Renan Burrell versus TJ Dillashaw is going to be the next fight. That's going to be the next fight up for TJ Dillashaw. It was supposed to happen once before. Renan Burrell didn't make weight, uh, didn't get medically cleared. Uh, TJ ended up taking on a nobody, crushed him. And, you know, Dana White had said Renan Burrell was going to have to work himself back up to that title shot, it's looking like that may not completely be the case because with Dominic Cruz getting injured again, he's going to be on the shelf for quite some time. It now makes sense for that now to be the next fight of uh, T.J. Dillashaw winning Burrell too. Since Uriah Faber and T.J. Dillashaw are not too keen on fighting each other given the fact that they're teammates. So, uh, that is the, the big breaking news here for that is that's going to be the fight if as long as he gets medically cleared for that. So, a Rafael Sensio, that is. So, all sides point to that here, March 21st in Brazil for UFC Fight Night. Well, that's actually a pretty good card, pretty good fight uh, there for that card already. So, uh, that should be quite interesting. But like I said, all signs point to the winner of that fight, no matter who it is, would be in line for a title shot after the victory. So it will be interesting to see if Uriah wins and TJ still the champion, which direction those Team Alpha male members go. So there is that. So that is the the biggest news breaking here uh, today. So there is that. Um, Let's see. Where do we want to start with here tonight? Because we got, got a lot here. Um, let's first start off with the... the the mess that is the welterweight division. Now, earlier this week, uh, see, today is Wednesday. So Monday, Monday on Twitter, Dana White didn't ask Dana on Twitter. Um, pretty much I think he's only on Twitter for about 15 minutes uh, at best and was fielding Twitter questions. And, you know, somebody had tweeted out to him and said, you know, what's next for Roy McDonald? Um since he's not getting, since you're going to book um, Lawler and Johnny Hendricks three, you know, the third matchup. And he had, he pretty much confirmed there uh, on the axe Dana that it was going to be Hector Lombard versus Roy McDonald. And he had said, what, no one, what, you don't want to see Lawler and uh, Hendricks three. And when he tweeted that out, he got a lot of negative tweets and a lot of people saying pretty much, no, they don't want to see it. Uh, we've seen, you know, see the first two fights. Uh, let the guys fight somebody else. No, we really aren't clamoring for that. That doesn't, it doesn't scream, order me on pay-per-view. It's a good fight, but it's nothing that, to where the first two fights were overly entertaining to where we can say, yes, we must have this fight next. So with that being stated, you know, him kind of getting the backlash for that, um, you know, all of a sudden here yesterday, um, things change. It's a very fluid situation here in ex-martial arts, folks. Uh, the change is this. Uh, no longer will Johnny Hendricks be facing Robbie Lawler in a third encounter here, uh, at least here immediately uh, here in this year. 
He's now going to be facing Matt Brown at UFC 185 down in Houston, uh, excuse me, down in Dallas, Texas, here in March. So that is going to be the fight. Uh, you know, subsequently, the winner of that fight is a number one contender. Uh, that is a, a number one contender fight. Let, let's just call it what it is. It's a number one contender fight. Uh, whoever wins that obviously has earned their right and earned their spot in regards to the welterweight division. Now, I pose this question because it's it's a legitimate question. Is Roy McDonald getting hosed? Is Roy McDonald really getting screwed right now? Uh, Roy McDonald was promised a title shot, you know, especially after – he would get the winner of the Hendricks Lawler two fight. Lawler is a winning, so now that series is one one. And you know, first thing is, oh, we gotta have a rematch. We gotta have a gotta have a third one. And we kind of knew that would happen. We we knew it would kind of go that way. But you know, Roy earned his shot. He's done everything he was supposed to do. And right now, he's not getting that opportunity. He's not getting that shine. So. You know, as far as it stands now, he's still scheduled to face Hector Lombard. So that looks like that's still going to to happen. And you know, in interviews, he's you know he's op- he's openly said you know he's a little bit salty about the whole situation as he should be. He's not overly happy about the you know the outcome of him now having to wait this turn again to get a shot uh, for the the championship. So, I mean, he has a legitimate gripe, he has a legitimate beef uh, with that. But, you know, he's now going to have to go out and kind of prove himself all over again. And now he's got to prove himself now against Hector Lombard, who's also a win here a couple of weeks ago here at UFC 182 against Josh Berkman. So it's kind of a catch-22 for Roy McDonald right now. Is, you know, he wins the fight. He's still kind of in the position he was before the fight. He's still in a holding pattern. Now, he wins that fight, and Johnny Hendricks wins his fight. Then what? Then is he going to have to wait even longer, and then we're going to have Lawler-Hendricks 3? Um, you know, is that going to be what's going to happen next? Or does he get the shot, and then Johnny Hendricks has to wait? Or if Matt Brown goes out and does the spectacular and beats Johnny Hendricks, does he get the shot, and now... Where McDonald has to wait. So I mean, it, it, it this goes in so many weird directions. It's it's unfortunate that this is happening to that guy because he's he's done the work. He, he's put in the work. He's earned it. He's earned that spot. Is he getting? Is he really getting the credit he deserves? You know, and I, I tweeted that to somebody earlier today. It's like I hope he doesn't get John Fitch. And what I mean by that is John Fitch had all all these wins in a row, and just kind of waited and waited and waited his turn. Was not getting a title shot because he thought it was a boring fighter. Finally got it. I mean, he got washed, but he finally ended up getting the shot after waiting so long. That's not always. A, that's not really 100 percent fair to the fighter. Now I understand from this aspect, MMA is a business. Completely understand it. It is a business. These companies, promotions are in it to make money. Completely get it. But you can't promise someone something and then take it away from them with really no legitimate reason. And granted, the first two fights were good between Lawler and Hendricks. Let's get a fresh face in there, you know. Let's mix it up a bit. Let's not always have the same fighters fighting each other over and over again in recycling fights. 
That's something that annoys me about boxing, and at times you see that pattern now in the UFC. When you put on as many shows as they do, sometimes you have no choice, but we got to figure out other ways of creating new rivalries. So there's that. Now, another portion of this is, is, is the fact that uh, Johnny Hendricks didn't want to wait for his rematch with Robbie Lawler. Uh, Robbie Lawler is a little bit spanged up uh, from their previous fight, from their fight here in December. So, you know, he's not going to be looking to fight, you know, in March. Um, I'm hearing actually more like May when we'll actually see him here in 2015. So if we're looking at May for that, I can understand Johnny Hendricks uh, wanting to fight and wanting to kind of get back at it. Back at it. So that, that's also an aspect of it. So a lot can change between now and probably we're looking at April, April or May for Robbie Lawler. So Johnny Hendricks wins in March. You know, he could be available and ready to fight. Uh, Robbie Lawler, uh, you know, Robbie Lawler will be there. If Roy McDonald wins, maybe Roy McDonald then gets the call. I don't know. But the UFC really has a mess on their hands there in the welterweight division. And then, you know, we have to add this. you got to put an asterisk by this. The rumors of George St. Pierre coming back are still rumbling. So, you know, if he comes back in, you know, the, the rumor is him coming back International Fight Week in July. Possibly him and Brock Lesnar coming back on the same card in July. I don't know if the UFC would do that because that would, with those two guys coming back, I, I would honestly tell them from a business aspect, stretch it out. Don't have the same guys on the same pay-per-view because, I mean, you're already going to get biased, but if you put them on two different pay-per-views, you have a better chance of increasing pay-per-view events, you know, increased buy rates for two pay-per-view events instead of making one really large. That's just my aspect there. But that is the rumor. So he comes back in July. Do you hold Robbie Lawler out and have Robbie Lawler face him? Then, uh, since George St. Pierre never really lost the belt, does that make the most sense? Do you put him there at that point and have him fight then? Or... Uh, do you maybe say, you know, things aren't really done between uh, Johnny Hendricks and George St. Pierre, and you have that rematch, and then possibly have Robbie Lawler facing Roy McDonald if he were to win his fight. You know, the, it, it's so many different layers and so many different angles of this that it's just a it's a mess. It, there's really no other way of explaining it. There's no other way of really labeling it. it it's just a mess. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do going forward, but it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. Like I said, if the, if the scenario of both Lawler, excuse me, I keep saying Lawler, the scenario of both uh, Hendricks and Roy McDonald were to win their fights here this uh, later this winter, early spring, and Lawler's there, George St. Pierre is going to come back in the summer, they got a mess on their hands. But I guess in their case, it's better have a mess on your hands then no fights to make at all because you can go around Robert between those four uh, and can make some good fights and put up some good numbers and make some revenue there. So that is going down there. Now, another alter, altercation here to a UFC card is uh, now uh, Brandon Thatch and Stephen Thompson are going to headline a UFC fight night uh, from Colorado here um, roughly a month from now, literally a month from now, on uh, February the 14th. <coughs> Excuse me there. On February the 14th in Bloomfield, Colorado. So they're going to headline that fight card then because uh, Tarek Safadine is injured. So 
uh, Brandon Thatch, uh, Stephen Thompson are now your um, main event for that card. Now, that's interesting because you're going to have really, I don't want to call these guys young fighters per se, but they're, uh, how do I want to say it, maybe relative unknowns or not really not really stars uh, for the UFC. But this could be a golden opportunity for either one of these gentlemen to really make an impact and really separate themselves from others there uh, within the division with being able to headline uh, the UFC Fight Night card here in February. <laughs> being able to headline that card in February. So uh, that is a, a very interesting matchup that um, has now been set up. Like I said, that's going to be a month from now, and that's because Tarek Safini, uh he got injured. Uh, he was initially supposed to face um, Matt Brown, so Matt Brown gets altered and gets pushed uh, to another card now um, to face uh, Johnny Hendricks. So, a lot, lot, you know, injuries have played into some of this altering uh, there within the welterweight division, um, and then guys just not went away around. So now you'll have maybe uh, two, one of these other guys, and either Steven Thompson or Brandon Bash, you'll be able to kind of put them name, their name in the mix and hopefully get a, a top ten, another top five guy uh, to fight against. Uh, once they win this fight. So that will be headlining that fight card here on February the 14th. So that is the headline there. Um, good thing it's a UFC fight, uh, you know, fight night event. I don't know how, how well it will do as far as star power and at the gate, but quite honestly, typically when you have fights between guys like this, those fights go out and they steal the show. Uh, they end up being tremendously entertaining fights. But we shall see. And obviously, closer to the time, we'll give a preview of that card and a breakdown who will win there. And as well, we'll break down the UFC fight night here that's coming on this weekend here a little bit later here in the show. So there's that. So we've got um, a little bit of everything there within the what's division. It's kind of a, kind of a mess. Now, uh, another fight that's now been announced is going to also go down to UFC 185. UFC 185 is starting to get kind of starting to get stacked. Now, that card is actually going to be headlined by uh, Anthony Pettis versus, uh, I know I'm going to miss him, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. Got it. All right. <laughs> so that's going to be headlined by Rafael Dos Anjos, Anthony Pettis, lightweight title uh, there. Carlos Sparza is going to face uh, Joanna. I'm not even going to try to enunciate her name. Uh, <laughs> uh, the fight, she was on the uh, UFC a fight night card against uh, Claudia, uh, Jahida, Glahida, and uh, one via split decision. So now with her winning that fight, she ended up earning an opportunity to actually fight uh, for the strawweight title. So in her case, she wasn't a part of the Ultimate Fighter series that Carlos Sparza won. Uh, she actually had a fight while these ladies were still uh, filming the show and what have you. She was actually one of the first strawweight fights the UFC put on back in July. Uh, so now she's actually going to be fighting for the title against Carlos Sparza. So that fight was announced. Uh, last week, as we had said, you know, Roy Nelson versus Alistair Overeem. That fight's been announced. Johnny Hendricks, Matt Brown was announced. Uh, now Sergio Pettis, uh, Anthony Pettis' his little brother, is now going to drop in weight. And he's going to be moving down to flyweight. Uh, so, you know, finally he's going to drop down from bantamweight and uh, fight here at flyweight. Uh, he, he's fought at flyweight before. He actually won the... Uh, RFA flyweight title uh, while he was uh, fighting for RFA. Um, and that's where he initially 
Uh, he's had he's kind of you know bounced in between both divisions. So it really will be interesting to see how Sergio Pettis looks there at flyweight and um, if he's any stronger or if he loses anything or anything like that with the weight cut. So he'll be fighting there against Ryan Benoit. So that fight's been added here also to UFC 185. And, um, you know, they had a few more fights he'll probably add on for the prelim cards, but quite honestly, it's stacked. Uh, you also have Walsh Pearson versus Sam Stout in the lightweight fight, uh, which will promise someone will definitely get knocked out there. So really interesting card I'm looking forward to. Maybe even try to go down to down in Dallas here in March. Uh, so that's March 14th. So that card is they're steadily adding fights to that. So that card's starting to really shape up and look nicely with some announcements they've made here for this week. But uh, we still got um, before you know before that even happens. We'll have fight card this week with Conor McGregor, Dennis Seaver. Uh, we've got Alexander Gustafson, uh, Rumble Johnson here. That's next week. That's here on the 24th. That's 10 days from now. Uh, then after that, you still have Anderson Silva versus Nick Diaz, uh, January 31st. So a lot of great cards from the UFC lining up. They've, they've really stacked the first quarter with uh, a, a, just a tremendous amount of great fights. So there is that. Now, speaking of Anderson Silva and him fighting um, Nick Diaz, there's a weird video that surfaced here this week uh, that you can actually go on badculture.net and view of him actually knocking out a a training partner down in Brazil. So you see you see him knocking this guy out, and you kind of wonder, like, okay, well, that looks weird. Maybe <laughs> the best way to describe it. It looks really, really weird. And some fighters have already seen the video and said, you know, they're calling BS on it, but uh, it's kind of a light touch, or maybe just maybe the guy just didn't really want to be in there. I don't know. Getting punched by Anderson Silva doesn't always sound like the funnest thing in the world to do. So you can view that video and answer that for yourself. Is it legit or not? So go to backculture.net. And also, I just tweeted out the link as well. So go to backculture.net. You'll be able to see it. And if you listen to the show and you're following me on Twitter, punch underscore the number to the face, you'll be able to see that as well. Just click the link uh, there. So you can check that out and give uh, your opinion on that. But, uh, you know, he's back to, you know, they said in training camp he's throwing the leg kicks with full confidence, uh, not worried about his leg at all. Um, we shall see. That's going to be, i got to say, that's, that's actually one of the fights I'm honestly looking forward to here this year. And I'm rarely impressed by anything. I have a feeling I may be impressed by that fight. Either it's going to be a one-sided beating by Anderson Silva or Nick Diaz uh, is going to put on a clown show and, and actually give, and actually not put on a clown show, actually give effort. Uh, in the fight, so we shall see when that occurs here, and that is here at the end of the month. So good, good fight ahead for that. So now uh, let me get to here to some interesting numbers that dropped here a little while ago. Is the the early numbers are in for UFC 182? Now I was a bit skeptical about it doing high numbers, kind of giving the fact the price point kind of giving the fact of it was contending with uh, playoff football from the NFL. So I wasn't really 100% sure that it was going to do high, great numbers. Uh, but the other preliminary numbers are in for the pay-per-view buy rate for UFC 182, 
and it's stating it's going to do anywhere between 740000 and 820000 Really good numbers uh, for for pay-per-view that was, you know, marked up to 60 bucks. Uh, looks to be the new price point for UFC pay-per-views uh, this year, at least that the way it looks for all the ones that I've seen any previews for. So it's been marked, you know, the price point goes up. It was right after the holidays, so it was, wasn't really sure how good it would do, but it actually did really well. Uh, those are the early preliminary numbers for there. So looks like it, it will be, the lowest will be is around 740000 It could peak at, uh, actually, from what I'm saying, it may peak at a little bit more than the 820. It may peak around 850 at the highest, and that's going to be a really, really high mark uh, that it could peak at at the most. So really good numbers. You know, Dana White thought it was going to do 750. I think he's going to be happy with any of those numbers that he hits uh, for this event. And, and granted, I will say, you know, they did a great job of promoting the fight. Uh, the main event, it, it did lack um, what we thought. Well, you know, a lot of us, what we thought was going to happen did happen. If Daniel Cormier didn't get the takedown, it would be an awful fight, and he'd have a long night, and that's what ended up happening. Um, but one thing that kind of was disappointing was the actual main card itself, uh, really besides down on Cowboy Cerrone's performance, uh, which I thought he actually did well. I thought the rest of the pay-per-view stunk. Uh, I thought the preliminary fights on Fox Sports 1 were outstanding, uh, but I was not impressed by the actual uh, main main card on the pay-per-view portion. So that number is in. So 740 at the low. Uh, like I said, I've heard anywhere, I've heard 820 to 850,000, uh, 100,000 is being the top off. So regardless, it's actually doing, it actually did really good numbers there. So, hey, there is that. Now, they'll get another witness test here at the end of the month with UFC 183 with the Anderson Silva, uh, Nick Diaz. I don't know if I can, I don't know if it's going to do as high of number. Uh, I, uh, it, this, this one could be a little bit tricky. It could be a little bit tricky. I think it could do, it may do around the same or a little bit lesser. I don't see it actually topping that number. But we shall see, and obviously once those numbers break, we will have the news here for you on Punch to the Face Radio. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to take a small, quick break. And then when I get back, I'm going to get a little bit into the news here about John Jones and his rehab stint. Yes, I said rehab stint. Trust me, this will be fun. So Punch the Face Radio will be back here in a few moments. Uh, until then, um, enjoy a little break music. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no.
try to make me go to rehab, and I won't go, go, go. Ah, that song works out perfect for our guy, John Jones. Now, as you probably have all have heard by now, uh, John Jones decided to go to rehab last week. After the news had broke that he tested positive for metabolites, part of cocaine, might as well say he tested positive for coke. Nice way of just saying it. Metabolites, yada, yada, cocaine. And a pre-fight drug test here early part of December uh, prior to UFC 182. So that happened, um, and the news broke, and, and everything, the way this whole thing has been handled by everybody has been utterly awful. Um, I don't know, I still don't know who to completely blame on this because it's been a shit show from the jump. Now, last week on our show, we had our, our man Kel uh, be there, Black Sports Online, and, you know, he, he, he said he wasn't surprised, per se, because people know, uh, in the know, who are around these guys, you know, their vices, what they're into, and, and the things they do, um, outside of the cage. So no one was really surprised. People knew about it and what have you. But it's it's just sad um, that a fighter of his skill level and his talent is doing dumb stuff, really, really dumb stuff. Well, as you also know, John Jones has two brothers who play in the NFL. Uh, one, Arthur Jones and Chandler Jones. Arthur plays for the Indianapolis Colts, and Chandler plays for the New England Patriots. Both of those gentlemen uh, will be actually facing off against each other here on uh, on Sunday, uh, with the winner going to the Super Bowl. So one of the Chandler, excuse me, one of the Jones brothers uh, will be going to the Super Bowl this year. So um, John decided that eh, rehab, eh, who needs it? He's actually going up to Boston, up to New England area. I'd say Boston. Up to the New England area to watch his brothers play football. So um, there's that. So th- those guys are going to actually uh, meet each other. Uh, he's going to go to see his brothers play uh, football. Uh, they're up there for the AFC Championship game. He did a stint in rehab of 24 hours. He literally stayed overnight in the facility for his cocaine rehab. Now, there was a big to-do made last week that, you know, he was going to rehab and he was going to get himself together and, you know, good for John. He recognizes he has a problem. Well, if you only spend 24 hours in rehab, you don't have a problem, okay? You you, you obviously, you, at least you don't think you have a problem. You do have a problem. You don't think you have a problem, so therefore you're not taking it seriously. Um, can I understand you want to go out and you want to support your brothers and and watch them, uh, you know, play for their uh, play for the uh, AFC Championship and one of them possibly goes to the Super Bowl? Absolutely, I completely understand that. Those are your brothers and you love them, but you need help because your career is about to go to shit. Now. Not really helping out the situation. His mother, uh, Camille Jones, did an interview with a CBS affiliate uh, WB, WBNG 
uh, in uh, Binghamton, New York. And I'm going to read a couple of quotes uh, from Miss Jones in regards to her son and his addiction. Um, in regards to him leaving uh, rehab after only being in there 24 hours, she said, and I quote, he's continuing to get more educated on the subject. I don't know what education you need to know about cocaine. Cocaine is bad for you. That's all the education you need to know. You don't need to study a book on it, okay? You don't need to go and read essays and uh, watch film on it and study it and break it down. Cocaine is not good for you. Cocaine can cause enlarged hearts, heart attacks, ODs, all that good stuff. It can pretty much screw you up. So what further education he needs on it, I don't know. He just should know to put the you know put the straw down and quit sniffing it or smoking it for that matter. Not, not a real good quote for a mother to say in regards to her child. And she went on to say even more dumb shit, okay? And I quote, I, I can't make this stuff up, folks. And again, uh, if you want to actually see the video and hear it for yourself, uh, shout out to the people at MMA Junkie. You actually can look at that as well. You can go to uh, WBMG. TV, uh, to New York, Google them. I know they'll probably have that video uh, online uh, that they had there from one of their telecasts. But I'm also going to read an additional quote from Miss Camille Jones. I'm glad this happened to John. This stopped him in his tracks. This let him know that maybe he needs to change some friends because everyone is not out for you, for the best. This is a good thing as far as our family is concerned, so we aren't upset. And me and my husband considered it a blessing from God that our child was able to be helped and know that he needed to stop and know he needed assistance to stop before it became something worse. Really, Camille Jones? Really? Um, you sound stupid. Like, you sound severely stupid. Okay, I don't know of anyone testing for cocaine in any field, whether it be sports or if you're doing a drug test for a normal nine-to-five job, that anyone in their family would say, you know what, this is a blessing from God that you tested positive. Now you can get on the straight and narrow. What in the hell is wrong with her? You see... This is what this is why John Jones has a problem. You can tell that he's filled with a bunch of yes men and enablers. When someone who has an addiction has enablers and yes men by them, they will never break that addiction. They need someone to get in their face and tell them, literally smack them around if they need to and say, what the hell are you doing? Stop it. And the best person to do that should be your mother, should be your father. They shouldn't be saying, you know what, hey, it's a blessing from God. No, you're doing coke. I'm going to bless you from God. You're doing coke. Like, seriously. That's not a blessing. Like, what is wrong with you? I, yeah. I, when, I, when I read this, you know, again, shout out to MMA Junkie for posting this. They, they posted this yesterday. When I read this, I was like, Nah, she she couldn't have really said it. 
because I, I was at work, you know, in my day job, didn't didn't actually look at the audio and watch the video. And I watched it, you know, later in the afternoon. I was like, nah, nah, she she can't be serious. She really can't. It took me actually watching it three times and listening to her, hearing the tone in her voice and, and seeing her say this, that she is dead serious. She is dead serious in thinking that this is a blessing in disguise, a blessing, and they didn't say blessing in disguise, a blessing from God that her son, who's under the age of 30, who's the face of mixed martial arts right now, one of the faces of mixed martial arts right now, he's looked upon as being pound for pound the best fighter in the world. He has the potential to be the greatest MMA fighter there is. Him testing positive for cocaine is being a blessing. And then saying a blessing from God. No, like, don't put God on that. Don't, don't, don't involve him on that. You know, I think he's got enough problems as there is in the world right now. I don't think your son doing coke is one of those that he was a part of in any way, shape, or form. So don't do that. Please don't. Um, and, you know, as far as John only doing 24 hours, he's really not helping out the situation. Dana White saying he's proud of him. That's the best thing that could ever happen for him. You're not helping out the situation. No matter State Athletic Commission, you botching the drug testing, you're definitely not helping out the situation. So it's going to come a point in time where John actually is going to have to talk for himself. Now, when that will be, we have no idea. And will he actually feel questions when that time comes? That's a, that will you know, literally remains to be seen. But he's going to have to answer for this eventually. And whether it be the next media day for when he has a fight, you know, or however much that may be from now, whether it be him coming out and just making a statement and saying it himself, he's going to have to address this at, one point, at some point. And between now and then, I hope for his sake, not only, you know, for his image as a fighter, but for his health in general and just his health as a person, that he takes this seriously because from all the news that I'm getting from everybody I've talked to, you know, whether it be, you know, you know what Cal, uh, uh, Cal said last week, and, you know, some other things I've talked to other MMA reporters about off the record, that this is not something new. People knew that he does, did drugs. The UFC was even somewhat aware of it as well. And it's not being taken seriously, and it's sad. It's sad all the way around. But for his mom to say this in an interview and being dead serious about it, yo, I, I mean, Camille Jones, you get this. All I know is this. My mother would never go on any interview and say, you know what, my son testing positive for cocaine is a blessing from God. This should be a wake-up call for him. No, no. And with her making comments like this, you know, it's going to be a wake-up call for her when she's having to bury her son because of the OD. So I really hope as a whole that family wakes up and realizes what's going on and this is not a game. So there's that. There's my rant. It's my really first rant of 2014. Hopefully it was enjoyable for everybody involved. Um, it's just sickening, sad, and just depressing all at once. But, hey, what can you do? It's MMA, folks. So <laughs> MMA is. MMA is a wacky, wacky world. But, you know, let's get on to some brighter news and some better news. Um, everything's kind of getting in the full swing here this week in the world of mixed martial arts. Bellator is back with their new format, pretty much doing a fight a month. No more of the weekly tournaments. That is now officially dead uh, for them. 
So you'll be able to see them back in action here on uh, Friday night on Spike TV. And that card is going to be headlined by Precio Ferrari, a.k.a. Pitbull Ferrari, versus Daniel Strauss in a featherweight championship bout. Uh, Daniel Strauss is looking to gain his title back after losing to Pat Kerwin last year. Um, was it around? It was actually kind of February, I think February or so of last year. So a little over a year ago, he lost that belt uh, to Pat Kerwin in their third matchup. You know, he had a fight against Justin Wilcox after that uh, under his belt or crushed him. Uh, now it's put himself back in the title hunt. Uh, so he's going to be facing Priscio, uh Pitbull Ferrari in the featherweight championship battle on that card. And uh, the card will emulate, emulate, emanate from Temecula, California, the Pachinga Resort and Casino out there in Cali. So if you're out there in Cali, I still heard there's a few uh, still tickets available. It's actually a pretty damn good fight card you got to go see. Um, you're going to have uh, Houston Alexander versus Virgil Swicker, uh, Georgie Kakcharani, always mispronouncing Georgie's name. Uh, and another featherweight battle against Bubba Jenkins. Now, for Georgie, this, guy, this actually could have, you know, some of the title implications in it um, for the simple fact that Georgie is a former featherweight champ, um, you know, former champion over there in World Series of Fighting, uh, lost the belt, never fought another fight over there again, and now he's over here in Bellator. Now, for Bubba Jenkins, you know, former uh, you know, wrestler in uh, Division One. Uh, champion, All-American, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, he's currently riding a four-five win streak. Uh, he's actually split those between decisions and not uh, decisions and knockouts. So he's actually looking highly improved. Uh, he's now actually uh, what five and one in his uh, run here with um, Bellator. So really, Bubba wins. Bubba may actually have uh, a little bit of momentum going his way in regards to him possibly getting a title shot. Uh, but like I said, for Georgia, it's going to be Georgia's first fight since June uh, when he uh, lost via TKO um, to Rick Glenn over in the World Series of Fighting. And then they didn't renew his uh, contract. And then, well, he said, I'll go to Bellator. So he's now over in Bellator fighting there. So I actually think that may be the that's the uh, co-feature of the night. That may – that fight's going to give, you know, fight of the night a run for its money. Uh, but I, but I think the main event is actually going to be uh, the, the fight of the night. And in that fight, in the main event, I definitely like Daniel Strauss. I like Daniel Strauss for the simple fact of I think he's going to you can I think the way he's going to have to win this fight is going to actually wear down um, wear down Pitbull. He's got to literally just grind him out, and we've seen him being able to do that. But the problem is, in, in doing that, and we've seen this before as well, that he actually wears himself down and sometimes maybe not have enough juice in him um, towards the championship rounds. You know, that was maybe his fault and uh, what was working against him when he fought um, Pat Curran here last year in their third encounter. He just kind of seemed like he ran out of juice a little bit and, and put himself in a bad position and ended up losing. Uh, end up getting um, losing that fight there at Cohen. So he's got to make sure he actually maintains that pace. If he can control the pace early, he's got a chance to actually walk away and, and stay in control in the fight. But that's going to be the key thing. He's going to have to stay in control and control the pace. If he can set the tone early, he'll be perfectly fine. 
But the second he doesn't control that that pace and that momentum, well, Pitbull's already kind of said that, you know, he doesn't think that Strauss can actually strike, can really defend striking that he can actually offer in front of him. Now, uh, we look at, you know, his his record, uh, you know, that that's debatable uh, for that. So, now this is actually a rematch as well. These gentlemen actually fought at Bellator uh, 45 back in 2011. Wow. Uh, and a that was a featherweight tournament final back then. So uh, he ended up losing that fight via unanimous decision. That was only a three-round fight. So this is a little bit different uh, this time around. Now, both guys have definitely improved over that, uh, that three-year stretch now uh, from when they actually fought. So I still like his chances there. I do like Daniel Strauss to win that, but... Uh, you know, it seems like he's always getting put in rematches against guys. Uh, Pat Kerwin now, Patricio Pitbull. Um, so, hey, he won the second encounter with Pat Kerwin. Maybe he'll win the second encounter here with Patricio uh, Ferrari there for the featherweight title for Bellator. So that's going down. And as well, we have, um, like I said, you've got uh, Georgie and Bubba. They're all being a featherweight title, a featherweight uh, bout. And then an interesting bout in at the light heavyweight division there for Bellator. Now, that's one of those divisions right now is completely ran uh, by, you know, fight of the year nominee, Emmanuel Newton. Emmanuel Newton is, that, that's, his, that's his division until, you know, someone beats him. Liam McGeary may be that man to beat him here uh, in a couple of months, but we'll see. We'll see how that works out. But right now, that's his division. He runs that. Um where everybody else is in that division is kind of a toss-up because you don't really know what direction Bellator is going. Um, you got King Mo, you've lost Rampage, but you still have Tito Ortiz. You've got Ted DeBlas, who's you know who's injured, who's supposed to fight King Mo, and you know he's going to be looking for a fight and, and want to get back in the title mix and back in that talk. So then you now have Virgil Swicker and Houston Alexander. Now. For Houston Alexander, let's just call it what it is. This is really his his last chance of really trying to make a a legit move here in the sport. At age 42, uh, this is going to be his last go-around for any big-time promotion. Um, So he's got to make the most of it. 2015 has really got to be his, you know, all-or-nothing kind of bout, kind of year. And he's a guy who can, uh, you know, he can entertain. So we'll see. Uh, but he's, you know, he had a majority draw here against Virgil Swicker in October. So, you know, Bellator brought them both back to have this match. Uh, this is actually going to be his fourth fight underneath the Bellator umbrella. Really mixed results. He lost his first fight, won a fight, and then had the draw here against Virgil. Um, but, you know, overall, really since he kind of stepped on the scene in the UFC here in the mid-2000s, you know, things haven't went great for him. Um, he's, you know, had quite, stringed together quite a few losses uh, here and there. But, you know, he's a veteran. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what he actually has left. Kind of the same way with Virgil Swicker. Now, Virgil Swicker, um, not as many fights as Houston, but he's been in, in a lot of scraps and a lot of, kind of brutal, I don't want to say brutal fights, but, eh, you know, kind of, kind of grinding out fights to where, you know, a lot was taken out of him. And in his case as well, he's coming off of, you know, he had that draw 
but you know he's only had a handful of fights here with Bellator, and again he's, a, he's kind of the same mark as uh, Houston Alexander: one win, one loss in the draw. So you know he's he's looked a little bit better since moving down to like heavyweight uh, after fighting in heavyweight for bulk of his career. So that that should be interesting there. But I think this is going to be you know Houston knows this is all or nothing for him. So I look for Houston Alexander. Uh, to actually go out and win here on Friday night at Bellator. So I like Houston Alexander for the win there. Um, also on the card, you'll see uh, Dustin Jacoby. Uh, he'll be fighting uh, John Salter. Uh, he's getting another fight after fighting King Mola Wall here on a short notice at Bellator 123. So they're going to give him another fight, which is good for him. Uh, he's also fought uh, World Series of Fighting in uh, for the UFC. And as far as John Salter goes, um, you know, this is going to be his first fight here in Bellator. But he's a former UFC veteran. Um, we fought with him here a couple years ago, but he's, you know, been fighting here on smaller shows since then. It's had some pretty good results. Only um, last loss coming in 2012. So he's got back-to-back wins, uh, both stoppages wins at that. So uh, he is a definite uh, ground guy. And look for the submissions to uh, come a heavy and come a plenty they're in that bout if he's able to get the fight to the ground. So um, that'll be part of the preliminary card uh, on Spike TV. So you're only going to get four fights on the main card, and then um, like six that will be on the preliminary cards that you can see on SpikeTV.com, excuse me, Spike.com, that you'll be able to see. So there is that now. I will say there is a rumor, and nothing's been 100% confirmed, but there is a rumor swirling around that Douglas Lima is out of his fight against Paul Daly here in February. Uh, that's here on February 27th. Uh, that is the rumor. No one's actually uh, confirmed that on either side to this point. Uh, so we are still kind of uh, waiting and seeing uh, if that actually happens. So that is uh, the rumor flying around that he is actually out of that bout. I guess they're going to... We'll still kind of wait and see if, if that actually is the uh, if that actually happens, and then uh, if they're going to find a replacement for Paul Daly to fight, or if they'll just scrap the fight and push it back a little bit later here this year. So with them only doing a fight a month, honestly, push it back uh, a little bit. But the whole theme was here for that card on February 27th was the uh, was the uh, UK versus everybody else, with uh, a lot of your opponents being. Um, from a lot of your the fighters being on there from the UK. Now, there's also a that Bobby Lashley is also injured and that he is out of the fight against Josh Thompson and, excuse me, James Thompson. And then King Mo is actually going to move up and fight James Thompson at heavyweight. That's been the rumor there as well. Nothing's been confirmed on either side. So set back and watch and see. Uh, speaking of sitting back and watching and seeing, there is actually a new ring girl uh, for... Uh, the for Bellator, uh, you know, Jade Bryce is uh, no longer with them. They didn't renew a contract. Uh, that happened here a couple of weeks ago. She said that they uh, told her they were going in a different direction. Well, we found out uh, what the direction that is. Uh, the new ring girl you'll be able to see is a blonde, and she's, she's a cutie. I'll give her credit there. Uh, Sunny Daniels. You can follow her on Twitter at SunnyDaniels21, uh, and you can see what I'm referring to. Uh, so she is uh, your new uh, your new ring girl for Bellator. So uh, she will be in action 
uh, on Friday night on Spike TV. Hey, uh, eye candy. Can't blame them. Got to do what she got to do to get viewers. So there is that. So she'll be a part of that on uh, Friday night. Now, Saturday, and I'm honestly not going to spend much time on this because it's kind of a joke in a way. Um, Saturday night we have World Series of Fighting 17. That's going to be from the Hard Rock in Las Vegas. You'll be able to watch that fight card on NBC Sports Network. Probably a lot of people didn't know that fight was even happening because it's not promoted. Worth of shit by NBC Sports Network. You know my feelings about NBC Sports Network. I'm not even going to go into it because it seems like I'm a broken record when I do. So I'm not even going to start even going down that path. What I will say is this. Brian Foster versus Jake Shields with the winner getting a shot. And Rusumal Palaharis here later this year for the World's Way title. World World Series of Fighting. Um, I don't know if anyone really cares. That's that's kind of the thing. Um, you know, in Brian Foster's case, Brian Foster's coming off of, uh, he's won four straight fights. Uh, he last won here at uh, Titan Fighting Championship 28 here in May over Gilbert Smith. Uh, so four fights in a row. He's fought in the UFC. Um, you know, he's a veteran. He's got, you know, got some good wins on his uh, record. And really the losses he has are bad losses. Uh, Diego Brandau, T.J. Wellberger, Wal- uh, Rick Story, Chris Lytle. So it's not like he's lost against bombs. Uh, Daniel Ninja Roberts as well is another guy he's lost against. So, you know, he's got, got a good resume uh, as far as, you know, who he's fought and who he's lost to and who he's beat. He actually beat Matt Brown uh, in a fight and, and uh, Brock Larson as well and, and Nathan Coy. So he's got wins. He's got solid wins on his record. Um. But, you know, Jake Shields is obviously the more known and named commodity of these two. Um, you know, for Jake Shields, yes, he's a name, but who really wants to watch him fight? He, sometimes his fights can just be utterly boring uh, because he can't punch. And when he can't punch and if, if he can't, you know, get the takedown to where he can work his submission game, which he's completely outstanding on, you know, the fights just look horrible, and we see those. So I have a feeling that's going to probably be the same route this fight against Brian Foster is going to be. But, hey, we'll see the fight and prove me wrong. Uh, Brian Cobb is also on the card. He'll be chasing, uh, facing uh, Jonathan Nunes. Uh, for him, this is going to be his first fight here since June where he lost uh, to Justin Gaethje, who just completely chopped him down uh, with leg kicks here in June. So... Uh, definitely for him a, a, a bounce-back fight to see, um, you know, where he stands there within the lightweight division. Uh, for Jonathan Nunes, you know, he's undefeated right now, uh, 5-0. and Don't want to say he's a young guy because he's uh, just almost 30, but uh, definitely relatively young in the sport. Uh, here with only the five wins, uh, does have a pretty good amateur background as well. Uh, he's coming off of a split decision win back in March at World Series of Fighting 9. So those two will match up there. Uh, pretty much the rest of the card is not filled with a bunch of uh, really known names per se uh, on there. A lot of it'll be a lot of local guys there from the uh, various gyms in Las Vegas. Um are not much buzz in regards to um, the fight out there in Vegas for the simple fact. The same night, uh, there's actually heavyweight championship boxing going on. So World Series of Fighting in NBC definitely knows how to pick them. 
these dates and these locations. So there's that. There's my preview of World Series of Fighting 17. Really cut and dry there on that one. So it, it just is what it is for World Series of Fighting. Um, let's now get to something that we all want to talk about. A little bit agitating in regards to uh, UFC Fight Night Boston. Now, the thing is with UFC Fight Night Boston is all we've seen for the course of the past, let's say, let's say this, from January the 3rd up until now, and we'll still see it through Sunday, only thing that we've seen is Conor McGregor's face. That's it. We've seen Conor McGregor's face over and over and over again. And it's kind of agitating. To hear the, you know, to hear them tell me, you may not even know Conor McGregor's actually fighting someone uh, when he's going to be uh, on UFC Fight Night from Boston here on Sunday because, well, they didn't, they haven't said anything about the deceiver. Now, when I brought this up to people on Twitter, their response is, well, the UFC can't market a guy who just tested positive for drugs. Well, my counter to that is. They have John Jones. So you really can't you can't say, well, he tested positive steroids. Cocaine's a lot worse than steroids, folks. Let's let's be honest here. So, you know, Dennis Seaver, I understand that that you can't maybe put him out in the public eye uh like that. But he tested positive from drugs here over is literally over a year ago, December of last year. Well, summer fight in December of last year, uh that he ended up testing positive for. Uh, he was suspended. He's fought his fight since then. He uh, fought Charles Rosa, one of the unanimous decision here in October. So, you know, he done, he's done He's done his time. You know, he's he's done his thing. Let him, you know, let him live. Let him do his thing. Uh, get him some sort of publicity for this. And you're really not seeing him. He's not doing any press here in the States. Uh, you did see him on the UFC Embedded. Uh, this on UFC Fight Pass and online. But only person doing all the talking has been Conor McGregor. Now, if you didn't know any better and didn't know anything about mixed martial arts, you would actually think Conor McGregor's an undefeated monster, which is not the case. Conor McGregor has lost fights. Um, he's lost several fights, and he's lost fights against wrestlers, which is something UFC has yet to truly put him in the, in the cage against. Now, I will say this, that, you know, Holloway and Brimage. And even all the guys he's fought here in the UFC, Bramage, Holloway, Brendan, and Poirier, all are highly skilled guys and all guys who, you know, those are good wins over. You know, Max Holloway fight, he fought to a unanimous decision against the other guys who's able to stop. I don't know if he's going to be able to stop Dennis Seaver. Dennis Seaver is kind of a hard-headed guy. So that may be one of those things to where that's a lot easier said than done. Um, yes, Cub Swanson did it here uh, some of 2013. Uh, he was able to stop him via punches. Uh, Melvin Gillard was the last guy to do it prior to that, and that was 2008. So has he been stopped via punches? Yes, but it's only been two times, 2008 and 2013. I'm not convinced that that's something Conor McGregor can do. Um, I'm also a, a little bit you know, interested to see that the fact that Dennis Seaver has gotten really no sort of love, no sort of push from anybody involved here in this fight really decides the uh, 
the UFC embedded that he really has picked up anger and may take that out on Conor McGregor's face. Like, he, he may literally kind of feel that he is getting shafted and he could come and definitely crash the party. Now, everyone knows that if Conor McGregor wins, all honesty, they're going to get him a fight against Jose Aldo here uh, at some point this spring, this summer. We know that. That's going to be a fight the UFC wants to do. They've made that abundantly clear. What will happen? What can happen is Dennis Seaver can come and completely blow that up. He wins. I think he'll definitely get uh, you know, a box of um, cigars and some champagne sent to him from Frankie Edgar because Frankie Edgar would then be next in line. So um, I honestly think Dennis Seaver is going to, to beat him. And, I, and it's not me being a hater on Conor McGregor. I just think that he may have more tools, and he's going to be a lot harder and a lot tougher for Conor McGregor to get out of there than what Conor thinks. And I think that can be definitely a problem for Conor McGregor. So I actually like Dennis Seaver to win in the main event. Now, the thing is, that's, you know, granted, that's the main event of the night, you know, according to how the fights are going to break down. But make no mistake about it, the fight of the night is going to be Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus Benton Henderson. Make zero mistake about that. That is going to be the fight of the night. Okay, uh, from t- that that fight has explosive written all over it. Now, Donald Cowboy Cerrone is literally coming off fighting two weeks ago. Fought at UFC 182 here on January 3rd. Is now going to be fighting here on uh, the four- the 18th against um, Benson Henderson, and this is actually going to be a a rematch for him. He's actually fought Benson Henderson two times before. He came up short in both of those, uh, one losing to be an NM's decision. The other one, he got choked out. Now, that was back during their WEC days, uh, and, and they, those guys put on – those fights were fun. But both fighters have evolved since then. Donald Cowboy Cerrone, you know, you can make an argument here, 2014, he was the fighter of the year. can legitimately make that argument. He's already on pace to try to eclipse that and be the 2015 fighter of the year. Now, the Miles Sharif fight, you know, in his opinion, wasn't the most entertaining, which it really wasn't. But, you know, he was clearly in control, did a great job, won that fight. Take nothing away from him. He did a fantastic job that fight. Um, so, you know, he's already got one win going into the year. Now he's going to be taking a fight on two weeks. You know, took the fight a couple of days after winning on a pay-per-view, and now it's going to be fighting two weeks later. It's just borderline insane. But that's Donald Cowboy Cerrone. That's how he's made up, and that's why fans love him. That's why he's one of the most entertaining fighters in mixed martial arts today, bar none, taking nothing away from him. Now, like I said, he's going to be facing Benson Henderson, who actually holds two wins over him. Um, Like I said, one win was a unanimous decision win uh, back in 2010. Uh, Then prior to that, Excuse me, I take that back. A unanimous decision was in 2009, and that's when he actually beat for a uh, interim uh, lightweight championship belt uh, for WEC. Then Benson went on to actually uh, unify the belt against Jamie Varner. Then he fought uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone again in a rematch, ended up winning via a submission choke in 2010. So he's got two wins over him, but the Cowboy we're seeing now is a different fighter than the Benson, than, than one Benson Henderson saw. Three or four years ago. This also is a different Benson Henderson 
what Cowboys seen. You know, Benson was uh, riding high after that, you know, after, literally after that fight against Donald Cowboys, running him suffering uh, the loss a couple of months later. So that thing, Pettis lost his belt. But, you know, once he went over to the UFC, you know, won the lightweight championship there, had a great run with some title defenses until he ran into Anthony Pettis again and lost. Uh, but now he's in a different situation. You know, Benson Henderson is coming off of a knockout loss uh, to Rafael Dos Anjos here uh, in August. It shocked us all. No one saw this coming. Uh, he's never never been knocked out before. You know, he's a suffered unanimous decision losses uh, to Anthony Pettis. And then, you know, his third career fight, he ended up getting submitted and then uh, getting submitted by Anthony Pettis in 2013. So we had never seen this out of him. So we weren't sure how to react, how he's going to react to getting knocked out. We don't know what kind of Benson Henderson we're going to see. Also, something else that makes this kind of interesting and weird all at once is, you know, Benson has said in an interview that he actually didn't know he was fighting Cowboy Cerrone until he got a text message from Cowboy saying, hey, man, nothing personal, just actually, you know, going out to get a check. And he's like, okay, whatever. He actually had to check checked on Twitter and saw that the fight was actually booked. He said, you know, his people – himself were never notified by the UFC who's now going to be facing uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone after Eddie Alvarez got injured and was out of the fight. So kind of a weird, salty way that he found out about he's actually facing one of the type, top, top lightweights in the world. Uh, like I said, I like both guys, and any other day I would be rooting for Vincent Henderson, but I just think right now Donald Cowboy Cerrone has so much momentum going his way that he would be crazy to not take this fight 100% and lose it. So I know he knows that he can go out and he can win. I like Donald Cowboy Cerrone here. He's kind of becoming one of those guys. Until he actually goes out and gets beat, I can't bet against him because he's going out and he's just putting on shows and proving me wrong every time he goes out and fights. So I like Donald the Cowboy Cerrone to win there, there in that uh, the, uh the root of the people's main event. It's a, it's a co-feature, but it's a, it's a people's main event. Um, another feature bout on there, and, and this was kind of this was kind of strange. Is Uriah Hall versus Ron uh, Stallings? This is weird for the simple fact of Ron Stallings is the third opponent now for Uriah Hall here for this fight. Now, at some point, you got to kind of wonder, okay, just just scrap me off the card. But you know, injuries keep on happening. Um, Initially, Uriah Hall was supposed to face Acosta Filippo, uh, but Filippo ended up getting injured. Then he was supposed to face Lewis Taylor. Lewis Taylor ended up getting injured. He ended up pulling a muscle in his back. Uh, that ended up happening. We ended up getting that news here on uh, Sunday, Monday, that that had broke. Well, then Ron Stallings was announced at the replacement here late Monday afternoon. Uh, I know everybody else is kind of like me. Who was Ron Stallings? Um. I don't want to say he's a, a prospect. I hate using that that frame, uh, that that frame, but uh, that uh, that title for that. But uh, you know, he's kind of he is kind of just that he is a a prospect there for um, uh, uh, there in the UFC. So I mean, uh, that's he's a prospect. Let's just call it what it is. He's a prospect there. Um, first time he's going to be fighting in the UFC, so you're going to have those jitters going into the fight, and then, you know, is he really ready for this? Now, the thing is, he's taking this fight here on roughly a week notice, 
and he's actually coming off of a loss. He actually lost in their decision to Tim Williams here uh, uh, in November. So, yeah, I, I don't, you know, the thing is this. Uriah Hall on paper should win this fight. Hands down should win the fight. The problem is he's, like, Ron Stallings has zero to lose in this fight. Zero to lose. He wins. Boom, he's in the UFC. Uh, he'll get another fight. You know, probably make uh, you know one of his larger larger paydays is being a professional fighter. You know, he loses. Okay, okay well, you've got your shot at the UFC. You know, Lucy, you're on their radar. Go pick up a couple wins at a couple smaller shows. You'll more likely get called back up. So for him, he has nothing to lose. Uriah Hall actually does, and that's why this is kind of I don't want to say unfair to Uriah, but a little bit unfair to Uriah. Uriah's coming off a win against Diego Santos uh, here in July, uh, where he had the awful, nasty-looking toe. Uh, kept on fighting. It was a great fight. Um, and then he beat Chris Lieben, uh, uh TKO and him, uh, and subsequently retiring Chris Lieben from MMA. So he got back-to-back wins. You know, this is this is this is kind of a real catch-22 for him. I, you know, Ryan Hall should win on paper. Uh, definitely the higher skill level of the two, but you know, unfortunately. When she's taking the guy on a, on a week notice, you just don't know what you're going to walk into. But Ron Stallings is who he's going to be facing there. So that, that'll that be interesting. Also on the cards, you'll have uh, Norman Park versus Grayson T-Bow. They're in the lightweight bow. Um, a, a really interesting bout here on the uh, Fox uh, Sport on the preliminary card. I don't know what they call the Fox Sports 1 because the whole card's on Fox Sports 1. So eh, the preliminary card... Uh, John Howard versus Lorenz Larkin. Now, this fight is going to be contested uh, at welterweight. Now, Lorenz Larkin just keeps on fighting at different weight classes until he finds when he can win it, I guess. Um, he's fought at light heavyweight. Uh, he's fought at middleweight. Now he's making his welterweight debut against John Howard. Um, I think he's done after this. I, I think uh, he's lost now three fights in a row. Uh, Derek Brunson, Costa Silva-Poo, Brad Tavares, losses. Did beat, did beat Chris Camozzi, but losses to Francis Carmont. So in the UFC, he's won 1-4. I don't see the UFC keeping him if he were to lose against John Howard here in welterweight because that means you've tried now. Um, well, here in the UFC, that means you've tried two different divisions, and you only picked up one victory amongst those two different divisions you fought in. Just really not good numbers if you look at, if you think about it and look at it. So, uh, I, I don't I don't think he really has a chance here. I think uh, John Howard, a very technically sound guy, uh, can do a lot of different things. He can he can punch you. Um, you know he has really no no fear of going to the ground uh, and using his jujitsu. But you know he can strike with you as well. Uh, one thing with him is sometimes I worry about his cardio. If he actually will burn out. And we've seen that in fights when he had to go the full three rounds. So, but you know, and even in John Howard's case, you know, he's kind of in a kind of in a bind as well because he's now lost two fights in a row after uh, the UFC split decision loss to Brian Ebersaw and the unanimous decision to Ryan LaFlair. Uh So, this may be a make or break fight for him. He's got got called back to the UFC in 2013. Uh, he won his first two after the call back up, and now he's um, 
lost the last two since then. So now he's in that 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 fifth fight here. You know, a loss here, that's three fights in a row loss for him. That he may get cut again from the UFC. So it's a lot on the line for both of these guys here in that bout. And I think that's going to be a really good bout there on uh, the preliminary portion of the fight card. But I'm going to give the edge to John Howard there and beating Lorenz Larkin. Um, it will be just to see how Lorenz Larkin physically looks and how his body performs and, and responds in fighting at welterweight. Now, it's just strange that, you know, the guy has fluctuated and fought at so many different weight classes um, and, and steadily dropping. It, it's just amazing, you know, that story, you know, with Lawrence Larkin. But I just don't like his chances there at welterweight. You never know. It could be birth. Uh, his career and brief new life into it to where he looks like a completely different guy, but kind of doubt that happens. So, there is your fight card here for Sunday. So, again, that breaks down to where you have fights on Friday night for Spike TV with Bellator 132. You have World Series of Fighting Saturday night on NBC Sports Network. And then on Sunday, uh, you have UFC Fight Night Live from Boston, and that will be on Fox Sports 1. Uh, it will be interesting to see what kind of crowd they actually have out there at uh, the card for UFC fight night, but the being in Boston with the AFC championship game, uh, really it's not going to be ended by the time the uh, prelim fights start, and depending on, you know, how the fight, how the game goes, may not be ended by the time the uh, main card starts. I'm going to say the, the AFC championship game starting a little bit later uh, in the uh, afternoon than normal, so that will be extremely interesting to see how, what kind of crowd is actually there uh, for the uh, the fight there out in Boston. I do know that there is still a large grouping of seating still available, but a lot of your uh, your main seats down on the floor are taken uh, from what I'm seeing. But I, I've actually seen and heard people on Twitter say they've actually tried to sell their tickets because, you know, the Patriots playing is a lot bigger deal than watching the UFC. So, you know, kind of rushing roulette the UFC is playing with having a fight card there in Boston the same time and same night as a AFC championship game. But, hey, they had no idea that that was going to happen when they uh, actually were getting that fight card organized and placed together. So there you have it. Like I said, Dennis Seaver, Cowboy Sorrini, Uriah Hall, they're on your main card. The main fight she's to watch. Uh, the hype train stops uh, this weekend with Conor McGregor. If he were to win, we will never hear the last of it. Uh, he'll be on TV talking more and more until he fights Jose Aldo. Uh, and they're talking about maybe even having Jose Otto, the champion, having to go to uh, McGregor's homeland of, uh, you know, fighting over in over in the U.K., over in Dublin or something like that, which would be completely unfair to the champion. You are a champion for a reason. No, you shouldn't have to go to the enemy's territory. Don't care how large of a stadium the place could be at uh, to defend your title. So I really hope for that. So that safety doesn't happen, but uh, all I know is this, you know, if Dennis Seaver wins, Frankie Edgar will be the happiest man alive uh, come Sunday night in mixed martial arts because that means he gets the opportunity to Jose Aldo. At least it, it seems that way to me. Now, the UFC has really never said what plan B is if uh, Conor McGregor were to lose, but I would assume that that is your plan B, is having um, Frankie Edgar face Jose Aldo again in a rematch. So. We shall see, but obviously next week we will recap these fight picks to see how far off I was, uh, if I was wrong at all, and see if I won any money here on counter moves. I'm going to see um, 
see what team I can put together. I will post that on my Twitter at punch underscore the number two, the face. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, otherwise than that, man, that's all we have here tonight. Uh, I do want to say a happy anniversary to my friends over at Titan FC. Uh, today, actually yesterday, marked uh, a full year now that they've kind of been in power and, and announced uh, their their movement and what they're doing uh, there for those fighters, you know, fans, fighters first. Uh, but they sent the initial press release that, you know, Jeff Harrison uh, took it over. They got the TV deal with CBS and, you know, getting fights rolling out. So big big thank you and big happy anniversary to them and, and what they're doing. Unfortunately, we won't get another card from them until uh, March, but it looks to be a very big card where they're going to have up to four uh, different four different uh, championship belts on the line. Um, one bit of news I'm just having to see come through across in my timeline, um, former UFC light heavyweight Tiago Silva, uh, who we remember here uh, last spring was uh, possibly going to jail uh, for threatening his wife, having a standoff with the cops, and just wilding out doing a lot of crazy things. Charges ended up getting dropped because the wife and her estranged uh, boyfriend both fled the U.S., and they're back down in Brazil. Well, he was going to uh, get re-signed here by the UFC. Uh, they released him. Um, at, you know, they, they released him after all that news that broke about that, about him uh, being a bit of massive violence. You know, once all the charges got dropped, the UFC signed him back. And then some weird videos posted online of him uh, threatening his wife, toting a gun, uh, posted, were found on YouTube, they ended up releasing him again. So he ended up staying signed with the UFC all of two weeks. Well, guess what, folks? He has now signed with the World Series of Fighting. Yes, he is signed to the World Series of Fighting, and you will see him uh, fight on uh, in March. He's going to actually be fighting Ronnie Marks in a semifinal of a tournament, uh, while Matt Hamill is also going to be in the tournament as well. Um, Wow. And, yeah, it's going to be for their light heavyweight championship bout. Uh, <laughs> World Series of Fighting, you're killing me. So World Series of Fighting is going to have a card here on March 28th. No venue for that yet. Um, but it's going to be headlined by Justin Gaethje versus Luis uh, Palomino for the lightweight championship. And they're also going to have a tournament uh, to determine a, I guess, sorry, having a qualifying tournament to determine a light heavyweight champion. Now, Ronnie Marks versus Tiago Silva will be one fight. Uh, Matt Hamill, who's a former UFC veteran, uh, who's retired, unretired, retired again, coming back out of retirement, uh, he's also going to be on the card against a yet-to-name opponent at this point. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it that's that's just strange. That is really strange. So, yeah. We'll have more news on that as that breaks. So, yeah, there you go. So, World Series of Fighting gets signed Tiago Silva. I am speechless right now after seeing that. So, there you go. Now, I did say, I do want to talk a little bit of boxing right quick. So, you know, today Al Heyman, Al Heyman Fighters, and whatever hashtag they want to use, uh, today there was a press conference um, for... NBC and Premier Boxing. Let me let me make sure I get the title right because it's it is 
Premier Championship Boxing, uh, also known as the the uh, PCB. So that's been announced here for for NBC. Now, that's going to be featuring Al Heyman fighters with a deal that Al Heyman has worked here with NBC and NBC Sports Network um, for him to pretty much buy 20 dates of two-air um, programming on NBC and NBC Sports Network. Now, what that means is this. So you can understand what, a, what, a, what he's buying is. He's actually paying, I want to say, I've heard a lot of different numbers. What I'm hearing 20 million is the number. He's actually paying NBC to air his fights. And then he's hoping to recoup that money in sponsorship deals um, tying into the fights. So he's wanting, he's actually trying to tie that in to the fights uh, and to the uh, actual television broadcast to recoup that money he invests. Um, so that was the news today. Now, a couple of things that didn't set right with me um, about this is the way that how all of this kind of came about is the fact that no media was you couldn't apply for media credentials it was one of those things to where you had to be invited so literally people were getting invites via email uh, to actually come and attend or getting phone calls to actually come and attend uh, the live press conference today in New York if you weren't able to attend, they actually were sending people email links with password protected, they were password protected, for you to actually view the press conference online. I think that's a bit extreme and a bit weird, but uh, whatever. So there, there's that. Um, and, you know, the deal is, you know, for this that you're going to get, you know, 11 shows on NBC, four in prime time, um, Pretty much a, a majority of the fighters that were part of Golden Boy uh, were no longer no longer part of Golden Boy. They're just pretty much promoter free per se, and getting paid directly by Al Heyman. So you're going to be seeing fights on NBC uh, full of Al Heyman fighters, and um, you know so far we're going to get good matchups. You know the first fight card is going to be on March the third, and that's going to feature uh, Adrian Broner versus John Molina. And then um, in the main event, uh, Robert Guerrero versus Keith Thurman. And then they also have announced here in April they're going to have Robert Garcia, excuse me, um, Danny Garcia versus Lamont Peterson. So, you know, starting off well with the two fight cards they've announced. But it's just, the whole setup of it just seems weird. But honestly, I'm not going to hate on it. What I will say is this, I really hope it succeeds. Because if it succeeds, this opens up a lot more doors for boxing on regular television. Now, I understand that it's a business, and everything with sports is a business. Now, I will say this. When when Golden Boy first started doing business with Viacom and Showtime, the initial plan was to actually have fights on on CBS. Now, they did do that one time. They had one fight on CBS uh, with Leo Santa Cruz. He was actually fighting on that card. So he was actually appeared on there. So they did try that. It did so-so numbers. But, you know, they tried it, and they were hoping that that would be something they could continue on and doing. As well is that 
it was also kind of thought about and possibly a a venture of Floyd Mayweather possibly having one of his fights on CBS, a part of his deal that he has with CB, uh, with Viacom, uh, with his fights being on Showtime. That looks like that's probably not going to happen as well. So we don't know how that's going to work. Now, NBC has had a couple of their fights. Uh, they had them during the daytime uh, when they had main events here in 2014, Arrow and NBC. But not many people knew about them. They did good ratings because of word of mouth and social media, but they did a shit job of promoting it. You know, this is my theory. The same way here with World Series of Fighting this week and weeks going forward is the pe- the network that these fights are on, I understand you're already getting paid. You're getting, you know, Al Heyman and whoever is around that is actually paying you to 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 air this programming. But as a network, you should take more pride in it and actually help promote it. Now, we did see boxing commercials uh, uh, here during the, the playoff games the last two weeks. NBC aired and said, boxing is year in a new era come March. So we did see that, and that kind of started a little bit of buzz going. But it's going to have to continue to grow and continue to buzz. They're going to have to continue to push this because if not, this will fail miserably. Um, it's one of those things to where I, I've said it a million times. If people don't know these fights are happening, they won't know to watch. You know, social media and word of mouth can only do so much. You have to go out and you have to actually promote this on your mediums. When you're showing the voice, you need to be having in the corner on the screen a little logo that says boxing blank time. That's the only way that this is going to work and you're going to reach a mass audience and everybody to make money. So I really hope for that sake that Al Heyman and who he's doing business with and who's helping him get this together on his end understands that and they're gung-ho in their game to do the legwork themselves because all indications what I'm seeing with what they've done with main events and what they've done with the World Series of Fighting now and to a much smaller extent what they did with Strike Force years and years ago. I don't think people even know that one time they actually had Strike Force's library and had access to actually showing it and possibly putting on fights there on the network, never did, just showed a highlight show. People didn't even know it was on because it came on so late at night, no promotion. Only people knew it was via, via word of mouth. I hope for Al Heyman's case, uh, sake and for the boxers involved with this that they are actually handling this promotion and they're going to make sure the word is spread in a proper way. If not, it's going to fail. And it won't be completely Al's fault. It's going to be NBC's fault if this fails because it is on their network and that blood is on their hands. But I really hope for their sake that this does well, because if it does well, it's going to be good for boxing in the long run. Now, the other part of that is this. It's going to be on Al Heyman and those fighters and those teams to make sure that they continue to actually produce fights that people care about. They're of some magnitude. We don't want to just see fighters fight just to fight. We want to see the best fighting the best. And right in 2014, some of those fighters that we are that are be a part of these first two boxing cards for um, for this premier championship boxing did not fight the best. Danny Garcia did not fight the best fighters there were in the world. He actually lost the fight. Uh, granted, the judges didn't see it that way. They gave him an end decision. But everyone who watched that fight thought he lost against Mauricio Herrera. He then went and fought a guy who had zero business being in the ring with him and um, uh, Ron Salak. Um, he had no business being in there, KO'd him in a terrific fashion uh, in a fight that should have never happened. But 
that's what happened last year. We saw mismatches of fights that just should have not appeared. Kind of the same way with uh, Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner kind of had a, a couple of light looks after uh, losing uh, to uh, Marcos Maidana. He wasn't in any competitive fights. You know, really, he's John Molina is actually a lot more competitive than what people think he is. So I'm glad that they're seeing him step up. You know, uh, Keith Thurman didn't even only have one, you know, really one fight over a, you know, long layoff in 2014 before he ended up getting a light touch in, in this, uh, towards the end of the year. So, you know, it, it's it's sad, and I really hope for their sake that this does well because it's going to mean a lot for boxing. But it's just so many variables a part of this that we just don't know. And as well, you know, last weekend we had the Rock Nation show on Fox Sports 1, and that was a complete shit show. Um, those fights were not entertaining. I did not want to see Fabulous perform for 15 minutes. Uh, completely stopped the flow of the show. Um, it just just was not entertaining at all. Um, so I hope that they clean that up for the next time around and not try to make it into a hip-hop concert. Making it to what it is. Making it to actually just boxing, like every other promoter does, like every other uh, fighter does, every other um, promotion does. Just do, do it that way. Don't don't try to blend the worlds. Just put on the fight cards. You know, maybe before the fights have a concert. Maybe after the fights have a concert, but not in between the fights. Don't do that. That was horrible, horrible, horrible. So, you know, you have that. You had Andre Ward signing now with Rock Nation. It's just, it, it, I, I'm starting to kind of wonder about boxing. You know, 2015 has had some weird stuff already happen, and we haven't had 15 days of the month yet, or the first month of the year for that matter. So we shall see. Um, stay tuned because it's only going to get weirder. But, yeah, yeah, so there is that. Um, as a voter for a couple of boxing boards, yeah, it, trust me, for, for guys such as myself, it, this is a real interesting time. So we we shall stay tuned and see. I'll obviously go on more rants about boxing at a later date. But that's all we got this week, man. Uh, next week we'll wrap. We'll review here these five cards here from World Series of Fighting, Bellator, and UFC. And as well, preview uh, Alexander Gustin versus Anthony Rumble Johnson. That goes down next weekend, and that is going to be a hell of a fight. Um, yeah, that's all we got. So um, make sure you follow me on Twitter, punch underscore the number to the face. And as well, feel free to email me throughout the week at Brandon at punchtheface.com. Um, make sure that you listen to the records every Tuesday night. You're part of the Bad Culture Radio Network. And we have some big news in regards to an additional show we're going to be adding here in the coming weeks and months. I can't let much be known about that, but it's definitely going to be a target for our uh, Latino uh, combat aficionado. So um, that's going to be fun, and I hope to be a part of that in, in some way, shape, or form. But we'll be dropping news about that here in the coming weeks. Otherwise, than that, man, everybody stay safe, stay blessed. Until next Wednesday, this is Brandon Stubbs, and I am out. Yeah.